He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back! Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And as always, with me are Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Travis Milton, who is all hopped up, and he is on Twitter at dash 37 board 27. Travis, you told us you're feeling no pain right now. What's popping off in your world? The only thing that was more painful than watching that game was the fact that I have <laughs> a, a cracked rib, a bruised and swollen lung, and a partially torn <sighs> pectoral muscle from pulling a, a drunk friend off of a nine-foot fence who was attempting to jump into a creek after drinking an entire bottle of, of $60 Willet Pot Still whiskey. What a oh. sentence. Ow. Yeah, that was, that was a run-on. <laughs> That was a run. Are you like trying to work in the midst of this or no? Are you just on doctor's orders, bed rest, no work? What does one do when one has a cracked rib in terms of working? I worked through it till uh, probably midway through uh, Saturday night, Halloween night. And Jeez. I got to tell you, uh, that is the perfect time to go to an, an ER is you know nine o'clock on a halloween which halloween, is also a full saturday. moon so daylight savings and a saturday yeah it was the perfect time to go to an er oh. <laughs> the things i saw so you're telling me so I you're can. telling me there was nobody in there so you're telling uh, me there's nobody I, in there. I can't <laughs> even describe to you the horror what was going on yeah the only thing that would have probably made that a better experience is like if you had like dropped a tab of acid like an hour prior that would have that would have been the only thing oh that would have made it better Dude, I, I Can you swear, imagine like, i swear when i was waiting i smoked a cigarette <laughs> with three dudes that were extras in the uh the jail scene from trading places uh <laughs> wow that's so good that's so good it's the same three the same three extras in every 80s prison scene the same 100 percent. yep scared inmate I, I number two scared inmate number two speaking of which scared inmate number two Oh my God, we're having a fire sale. Oh my God, we're having a fire sale. Oh, the burning, it burns me. Evacuate all the school children. Oh, May. This isn't a fever. Sing great. Can't even see where the knob is. But the Jets are having a fire sale. We need to talk about this, this fire sale um, that Tobias would would be writhing around on the floor singing amazing singing amazing, amazing grace to yeah grace. exactly 
oh, the deals. Oh, I love to have a interstitial cut, like him singing Amazing Grace <laughs> with like him talking about the deals is so good. Oh, um, amazing. So, the, so Avery Williamson is gone. Who saw the Avery Williamson Instagram post last Oh night? my God, it's so amazing. Legendary. Okay, if you haven't seen it, he's standing outside Fulton Center in his full regalia uh, Jets gear with a like a, an umbrella, like a, umbrella like one you buy off the street. Yeah. Um, and so, like, my question is: Was this taken at some previous thing? Was this taken when they did the color rush? You know, new uniforms or like when did that? Ha- did he do that yesterday? Uh, well, if you re- I, if you remember when he was injured, he was taking pictures of himself with okay. uh, his uniform on, just like around the yes. house and okay. like everywhere. Yeah, so that's. Okay, I didn't know where it came from, and so that's what it was. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I do like thinking that yesterday, as soon as his agent called, Avery Avery immediately got in full uniform, went down, because it did rain <laughs> in New York City yesterday. That's what I'm and, saying. Yeah. Like, the, I love the idea of, hey, yeah, so what time is my flight? Okay, I got 45 minutes. All right, let me get a cameraman. <laughs> Let me get outside. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. I love that version of yeah. this story the best. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that, that, that he never the took truth. the uniform off, and and right. he just wore it home and was like, "Oh man, damn it!" <laughs> now I got to yeah. take it off. Good for you, Avery. You know, we are glad that you have escaped from from New York, right? Uh, escaped from LA, escaped from New York. Like I'm glad he escaped from New York. He's been liberated going to play on a team that has not lost a football game with one of the, you know, most legendary quarterbacks of the last two, two decades. Um, and, you know, on a team that has a great defense, has good offense, could be title contender. So it's going to be amazing. He, he's, he's doing the reverse Bradley McDougal or whatever situation, right? So so good for Avery Williamson. I have a question though. I think I know the answer to this, but what the hell are they doing, Josh? Playing players right before they trade him. In Avery's situation, like this has come up a couple times. Like remember the preseason game two years ago where he tore his ACL and like he was playing in a meaningless preseason game with the second mm-hmm. stringers when he does it. Like this seems to keep happening. Like what part of like preserving the asset is not getting through like where is the disconnect between Joe Douglas and Adam Gase and the coaching staff to pull a guy like knowing he's probably going to get traded like that seems like the easiest phone call to make hey get him off the field we're not playing him um, we got a trade that's going to take place right after this game like it doesn't make any like it would it would have been the most Jetsian thing ever to have that deal hammered out it goes live on Twitter and then Avery like turns an ankle and is out for three weeks with a high ankle sprain and the Steelers you know like renege on the deal so like I I don't I don't get it I don't know how that happens at a professional level at all do you have any thoughts Travis I have a thought but I'm curious if what if you have one I my thoughts are self-preservation on Gase's level like just trying to put the best players out there and save something for some form of of Mm -hmm. a job when this is all said and done because that's all I can figure is that Douglas says okay we're trading this guy and he says well I don't give a shit we're trying to win this game kind of what I have in my head but again like I'm on Mm painkillers I don't know man it could be (laughs) it could be uh, you know some some kind of like it could go anywhere here's here's my thought let me let me try this out on you guys I think that this is a brilliant tactical strategy used by the general manager 
to basically put these teams to the test on whether or not they actually want these these players, right? Like, mm. so that let, let me let, and so I'll give you a great example. There's a hilarious episode of Workaholics if you've ever seen that show, where um, Chris Parnell, former Saturday Night Live member, comes in. He's like the owner of the company they work for, but he wants he wants to kill himself, but he doesn't have the like the courage to do it himself. So he asks the main characters to do it and like they're kind of negotiating through it and they don't want him to do it. Right. They don't want him to kill himself. And so but he has handed them a gun like a revolver. And at one point, the guy starts like who has the gun and he's trying to get him to not kill himself. He starts taking bullets out of the revolver and like throwing them into like a ditch. <laughs> and then and so the guy who's trying to kill himself is like, no, 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 stop, stop. Don't do it. OK. You guys are crazy. Like, I'll go with what you say. And so the point is, I think Joe Douglas is in kind of a uh, Joker burn a pile of money situation, right? Where he's like, oh, you want Avery Williamson? And like, this has been going on for a week. I have a, a good friend who's a Steelers fan who texted me like, 10 days ago about Avery Williamson. Like, who is Avery Williamson? Why are the Steelers trying to trade for him? We just lost this guy to injury. You know, I can't remember who the player was that they lost, but like, we need a replacement. What do you think? And I'm like, so Steelers fans know about this. Clearly there's some interest. Smoke, there's smoke here to this fire. And so I think Joe Douglas is basically taking bullets out of the gun and throwing (laughs) them into the ravine and saying, okay, you want Avery Williamson? Well, we're going to keep playing him until you actually make a trade. And so they realize like, okay, we need a guy, we need a, we need a linebacker. We got to get something done. Like, let's do this because the jets are crazy enough. They're just crazy enough that they will continue to destroy themselves. Even if it means like, you know, they, they don't get, you know, they coach's decision, Avery Williamson, because if it's like, if they coach's decision him, then the Steelers know, well, now we've got him. Well, we've given, we've given up a fifth round pick, or we talked about a fifth round pick. Maybe now we'll see if they'll take a seventh round pick, like some, something yeah. like that. Do you I, know what I'm I, saying? I hear you. And I appreciate that maybe in your scenario, Joe, Joe Douglas doesn't have enough of the Jets stink on him to, to screw this up in a, in a terrible way. Maybe, maybe he doesn't realize that the the law is that if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong in a green uniform. And so <laughs> the fact that Avery got out of town in full uniform with a, a $3, uh, you know, uh, well, it was $10 because it was raining. It was $10 because yeah, it was raining. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The 70, $70 cab to Newark. He, he got out of town in time. Um, I wish that guy the best. And listen, like getting an asset that at least will be on the, on the, you know, on the, on the team for three years um, when Avery was probably going to walk at the end of the season. Anyway, listen, any asset that we can flip into a better asset right now is a good decision. People know that the jets are kind of like the one neighborhood, the one house in the neighborhood that gives away King size Snickers bars. Right. So like everybody's coming and sniffing around. So l- let me ask you if, if you're, if a contending team, let's just say, and you have needs at whatever position, like who are the players that you would be sniffing around between now and the trade deadline? If you're the GM of a, yeah, of a competitive team, of a, of a Patriots, not a Patriots, excuse me, of a, um, of a Steelers or a Bills or a Saints or, you know, Buccaneers, like who, who are you calling to inquire this week? I don't know, Travis. What do you think? Well, let's start with Travis because he's all hopped up. So let's let's hear. What I mean, saying. I think I think we're we're getting we're getting down to kind of the bare bones of, of yes. uh, we we're kind of running out of people that we can flip and still have any kind of foundation. Um, 
I'm sure people would be willing to sniff around about, you know, Marcus May. It's been floated that people are sniffing around about Quentin Williams, or uh, but yeah. I would never do that. Um, Jameson Crowder is another one that I think, uh, you know, would be somebody that we could we could flip for for a little bit of, of compensation. Um, but I think I think past that, there's there's not a lot that you could get rid of and and start to to real really cutting down at. at any kind of foundation that we can build on with these draft picks that we're compiling. Yeah, what, what, it, what do you think, Jim? It, if you are Ryan Pace, you are crazy <laughs> if you don't inquire about one Samuel Adams Darnold. You're crazy. Like, you're crazy at five and two in the NFC Central to go, man, if we get competent quarterback play, who's a guy that might be available? Like, you're. And I'm sure I'm sure that phone call has been placed. Maybe it's just been not answered or returned from from Joe Douglas's office. But man, I if I'm a contending team in need of a quarterback, like you have to think like the Jets are the place that I start with, or even a team like Tampa, um, who might already be considering what do we do? Like we we've got lightning in a bottle, maybe for the last time here with with Tom Brady. Maybe we just we have this roster that's kind of built to win for the next two or three years. Do we just take a shot at this? Like, I'm, I think you're crazy if you're not at least inquiring. And if you're Joe Douglas, keep throwing those bullets in the ravine and try to move it up to a number one pick. We'll see what happens. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I think I like that. I mean, ooh, yeah, that's tough. That is so tough. Like, hot yeah, takey. Let's, I know. Very that tough. is hot it's not gonna happen. Like, It's not going to happen. But, yeah, like, if you, if you are the Bears, right, like, yeah, what are you doing? I mean, clearly Trubisky was never the answer. Um Nick Foles has done passably. You got a great defense. You've got, you know, some, you've got some, some pieces there. They do need a quarterback now trading quarterback mid season. Weird. Um, yeah. Almost never happens, but, but like, yeah, that's a hot take move that I kind of like. Um, but yeah, again, like it comes down to like, you know, if you're the jets, like, what do you do about Sam Darnold? Like, do you feel like, and I think you're going to get, you probably could get more now than you would, this coming off season, right? Because right. once the coming off season happens, you know, you've got free eight, whoever I haven't looked, but like there's going to be some free agents moving around. Ryan Fitzpatrick will be on the move yet again. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor will be on the move yet again. Um, you know, there are going to be players, you know, Jameis Winston is, uh, is in uh, New Orleans for now, but I don't know if he's on a, if he's just a single year deal. So there's players that are going to float. Um, so it's going to be harder to move him, I would think, once you get into the offseason. But, right, I think, you know, the, the injury. And so, like, we'll put a pin in that um, on the Darnold injury because I want to come back to that in a second. But, like, yeah, you know, Travis, you mentioned Jamison Crowder. He's someone who could be a serviceable player for a contending team that needs a, a slot receiver. Um, Marcus May, you know, he, he's been a, a decent, pretty good safety. But, like, you know, at, at what point do you just say, okay, enough is enough. Like we're not going to move everybody on the roster because we do need to field the team in 2021. And, you know, is Marcus May Jamal Adams? Well, no, he's not. Um, but like, are you, how many players are you going to be able to, how likely are you going to be able to acquire a player of Marcus May or betters, um, value you know with the resources that you have either you know through free agency or through the draft and then like do you want to use those resources for that thing anyway in the first place or do you just sit on what you have and 
you know, right. You kind of move it to next year. So like Marcus may like, yeah, if it was like a decent pick second, third rounder, okay, like let's talk. But you know, if it's anything below that, don't do it. Right. And then you talked about, um, you know, Quinn and Williams, um, you know, I think he's a player that Jets fans have been grumbling about for a while, but like, I don't know. Like, I thought he had a pretty damn good game yesterday. He's been looking great thus far this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've got it's, control it's of him quietly. on the team. Like, you can't. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, I mean, I was just, uh, you know, we, we've got control of his contract. He's on the cheap. I mean, there's no, there's literally no reason to move him. But, you know, you look at May for all the reasons that you're talking about. Plus, how many of these dudes, you know, May's contract's coming to an end. Like, how many of these dudes are going to want to re-sign in Correct. New York when this is done? I mean, looking at it as, as a cutting losses, because I, I guarantee you, like, after, after the Jamal thing went down, um, the season that the Jets have had, do you think Marcus May is going to want to re-sign? Do you think he's going to give a hometown no. discount to the Jets or anything? No. Go no, ahead he'll and, give and a home, get something. Right. Yeah, he'll go give a hometown discount to Seattle to go play with his butt. Yeah, exactly. Brother brother you know jamal adams like that's his he's he's got more of a you know loyalty to him now than probably anybody on the jets i mean i would imagine so right and oh by the way you're playing with you know russell wilson and pete carroll and etc cetera, etc cetera. so so right so to your point of like there is a reckoning coming um so yeah like you know could we talk about george fant or neville hewitt or chris herndon or like of course we could but like you know now it's like we're just whatever argue what do they say like arguing over the price of fish like i just you're not going to get enough that you're going to kind of re re-up at of above or be at or beyond like in through draft picks because that's really the only capital you can trade for at this point let's talk, let's talk a little bit about darnold in a second here but you you talk about kind of bringing players back uh you know who, who you know basically people coming back of their own volition if they move into free agency what are we looking for right like we we were we've never been in on adam gase i'm i'm really kind of done spending any time talking about him so what is it that we're looking for uh, i saw someone tweet this uh I, I wish i could give proper credit a couple like a week or two ago but the idea was like two years ago the jets had adam gase eric Bianami. And Matt Rule in the room, like you know, for for interviews, and the the one person that they chose of those three was Adam Case. <laughs> it yep. just made me laugh so hard. It made me laugh so hard. It's just that, like, this is the guy that you chose, and like, I get it. Beyond me is like a little bit in the shadow of Andy Reid, so it's really hard to know how much you know of of it is him or Andy. But at this point, it's. <laughs> Uh, I would take the shadow of Andy Reid over the uh, eclipse of 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 Adam Gase, right? And so, like, yeah, what are we looking for, Josh? When you're thinking about who the next head coach is, it could be a person or it could be characteristics. Like, what are what are you hoping the Jets do? Chris Johnson does like not that he has any history of doing good things. The only thing he's done is hire Adam Gase. I mean, I guess yeah, he hired Joe Douglas. That's been good as far as I can tell, but his, his track record isn't awesome. So what, are, what do you want this team to have next year? Even, even talking about like the Avery Williamson trade last week, the Steve McClendon trade, like obviously hopefully here, what Joe Douglas is, is doing for the rest of the locker room is exhibiting just like a new culture around how they're treating players, you know, guys that, you know, 
are going to have a shot to play elsewhere on contending teams, um, bringing back young assets or draft prospect assets. And so, man, my, my hope here is that, and I know this is a little bit like, you know, it's a little hot talky, a little bit sports radio wish, but like culture setting has to be the number one priority in that building. And so from Joe Douglas to the head coach, to the, to the coordinating staff, to the, to the roster, like you have to have a continuity growing where players are valued, where, where guys want to compete um, and a culture of fun. And so, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of great names out there um, that fit some of those bills, both, both collegiately and in the professional you know, kind of coaching circles, but just establishing the culture that they want. And so Joe Douglas does seem to be a little bit forward thinking and at the same time, a little bit hard nose wants to build a team and a roster that's going to, you know, is going to show some grit. And so, you know, it could be, you know, that he's, he's looking at an Eric B again, like that, that would be nice to come back around to that um, and bring in a guy that's going to add now to the culture um, that he's starting to establish, especially over these next two years. You know, I in in my in my Jet fandom in in football, I'm a I'm a Bulls fan, Chicago Bulls fan by basketball. And a couple of weeks ago, the Bulls made the decision to hire Billy Donovan. Um, mm. And that might look like, eh, it's Billy Donovan. What's the big deal? But that guy and what he did in OKC was kind of similar to where the Jets are. Um, that team was having, you know, a previous era, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook um, get traded away or leaving free agency. And so then he had now this very young roster. And over the couple of years, um, that he was in OKC, you know, he really transformed the culture and really developed young players. And so I think we'll get a sense, uh, not just in name and in scheme and in coaching attributes, whoever the Jets do bring in here, and hopefully Joe Douglas gets to be a part of that decision-making, is going to be really telling. If they're bringing in a guy um, that's a little bit old school, just kind of a retread name, it's going to be very uninspiring, I think, to this young roster that's going to be here for the next couple of years. I mean, look at all the draft picks we're looking at uh, between now and 2022. But, um, you know, a guy that's going to bring some excitement, allow players to, to thrive in ways that they are naturally skilled and, and a guy that's going to build that culture. And so, you know, there's a lot of guys, I think, that could fit that. Um, but those are the things I'm looking to see is are the are the Jets really going to turn a corner um, and bring in a guy that's going to come alongside Joe Douglas to change the culture of the building. So that's all I'm hoping for. That's priority one, two and three is changing the culture uh, in and around the franchise. I mean, there's a couple people that that I think would be really cool. But I mean, I really think it really depends on you know, what route we go with the quarterback. Uh, I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very, you know, again, I'm hopped up on, on, on pain meds, but uh, in, in my head, it seems really, really like clear that, you know, you've got this guy, Art Smith in Tennessee that took somebody that was completely ruined by Adam Gase, um, Ryan Tannehill, mm -hmm. and has turned him into a beyond competent quarterback someone that's in talks of of being the mvp of the league so you know if we if we stayed with darnold you know i've, I've we, there's a guy that's that's already had experience in rehabbing someone from adam gase's coaching mm. but i think i think it, I'm, I'm with josh on on the culture changing is the number one thing I, I i always look back very fondly on on the rex ryan years and i think the biggest reason was he was he was probably the, the, the I'm not going to say the first, but probably the, the best at, you know, over the past 20 some odd years of the Jets walking in and starting and creating a new culture off the bat, you know, taking a team that was 
you know, a little downtrodden and, and, you know, and, and made them into right. a brash swaggery team. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying talented, yeah, team. talented, but tight, right? Like yeah. way too tight. Yeah, exactly. So I've said it on Twitter before uh, jokingly of like, let's bring back Rex as like the defensive coordinator or, or even like the head coach and get like a, a, a young offense coordinator. And, and mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mean Rex, but someone of that ilk that, that can, that's very player friendly. Uh, and you look at like what, joseph's done in in uh miami like he's 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 a player's coach and like they're playing their asses off right now and and i think that's and something made, that made a really very need. unpopular decision right in like moving on from fitzpatrick like for kind of no reason not i mean fitzpatrick was always fitzpatrick right but like even in the midst of a little bit of a resurgence like it's like yeah you know what we're gonna go with Tua, right like and has seemed to seems to be working so far you know, like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I think, I think, yes, we, we need someone who's going to be looser in the locker room, you know, be more of a approachable for, for whatever that reason. I don't think that, I think people often conflate young with approachable and that's not the case, right? Young does not mean approachable. Oh, right? I agree. Sean, you know, Sean McVay is young and approachable by his players, um, but the fact that he's young doesn't mean he is approachable, right? Like Eric Mangini was young, but not approachable, right? Like not approachable by his Yeah. So, um, so uh, unless he was like a Mangini guy, like Anthony Schlegel or whatever, right? Like <laughs> anyway, um, so, so, but, but my point is like, uh, I think people tend to tie those things together too often. And, and so, but yes, looking for someone who can, if you if you are going to rehab Darnold, has some track record in doing that, um, and so right, I like your idea of like Art Smith is a, is a great idea for that, or I think Bianami could do that. Bianami was there when Alex Smith came to town, right? So like, and he was kind of in need of a of a brand <laughs> a brand adjustment when he came to Kansas City. So. So, uh, so yeah, like there, there's, there's different paths to get there and then, right. Uh, yeah. Having a little bit more of a culture change. Cause like, there's just no culture. Like there was a great article. Um, oh, of course I'm not gonna be able to find it now. We'll see if I can find it while we're talking. Okay. Yeah. So, so Brian Costello wrote something last night. Um, and he, and basically the headline is you know, for the New York post, the jets changes must go deeper than new coach and Trevor Lawrence. And so, so he, so he, this is like the first thing that he writes. I'll just read this, you guys. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about Darnold, but it used to be that when the jets lost this bad, there was anger and frustration questions on how this happened. Even when the jets were not very good team, a loss by 26 points would bring, bring some level of emotion out of players, coaches, and fans. Now it feels like everyone is numb. I actually found myself thinking the jets were playing well when they were down 20, 21 to nine. And that's true in the first half. I never thought the jets would win the game, but I was thinking that they could make make it a one score game. Um, and then, so, so just the point that like, there's this numbness, there's this detachment as we, kind of, as we talked about last week, it's not love and hate, it's love and apathy, right? Like apathy is the opposite of hate or love, right? Like, and so, um, and, and so that's where we are, but like the thing we talk about with Darnold is, you know, he, and so in that same article, Costello goes on later, he talks about how uh, he said, this is, this is what I want to kind of spend kind of maybe the balance of our time here on is um, I felt the most important thing about these last 10 games was getting a read on quarterback, Sam Darnold. I agree. Um, uh, I'm starting to rethink that. My thought is that if the jets get the number one pick, they take Lawrence without hesitation. I agree. Just take him at this point. Um, But if the jets somehow win a game 
this year and end up picking second or third, they face a decision of whether to build around Arnold or take one of the, the other quarterbacks in the available uh, in the draft, not named Trevor Lawrence, right? And much less uh, likelihood that that player would be successful. But so then he writes this, this is the, the key part, but watching Darnold struggle so mightily the last two weeks and being reminded he's playing with an injured shoulder on Sunday. I question whether this is the right approach for Darnold in the jets. Would it be better to sit Darnold out for the rest of the year? So, um, you know, so he would get healthy, but you, but the problem with that is he gets healthy, um, but you don't get a chance to evaluate him with a, you know, a guy who will be a building block. I don't know if he's going to be the alpha receiver for this team, but you know, you, you would miss out on seeing him and Denzel Mims kind of gel. So, so I guess my question for, for you two is like, let's just assume the jets get the first pick regardless of what happens they just lose out from here but do you do you want to see what sam darnold could be over the next 10 games or have you just seen enough like I, I, josh where are you have you seen enough of darnold or do you want to kind of like keep playing this out as long as is possible yeah it's it's really hard. Like I, I feel for the guy because I think we all know he's capable of being a really good quarterback. I, I don't think anybody around the league has felt like it's done. It's not there. He doesn't have it. I think everyone has said, man, it's so hard to evaluate his talent level. And so we have to still just go off of what we saw in college coming out of coming out of the draft um, and then, the, you know, the three years since have just been like, man, it's impossible to distinguish like what's what's on his shoulders and what's not. And so, man, in so many ways, like I just want something better for the guy. Like, I, it, and honestly, like if if it's full regime change, top to bottom, the Jets are going to clean house, um, you know, move on from Darnold, not because he doesn't have it, um, but because they can't do something with him. Like, it's actually the saddest part is like we're trading, you know, potentially looking to trade a guy because there's a franchise guy coming out and listen, let's not fool ourselves. Justin Fields is right there with Trevor Lawrence to me at this point. And so I think if the jets are in the top two, they're taking a quarter. Like, I don't think that's a question, uh, but, but trading Sam Darnold is more of an admission of the complete lack of ability to put a team around him to evaluate whether you have something or not. Um, and that's really just frustrating. Like as a fan, like, you know, more than anything, just as a fan of this team, it's frustrating mm. to not know what we have still at this point in Sam Darnold. I think there's a great quarterback there. I think that there's the ability to grow like we've seen from Josh Allen, um, different ways he had, he'll have to grow obviously than, than Josh Allen does. But, um, I think all the pieces are still there. And so moving on is not an admission that Darnold's not the guy moving on from him is the admission that the franchise was just screwed him over. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Hey guys, sorry to cut in for a quick second. Just want to thank everybody who's listening to There's Always Next Year and let you know about the fact that winning season is back at my bookie. Right now, the NFL, college football, and baseball playoffs are all going on. No shortage of games to watch and thousands of lines available on your favorite sports and events. And you can turn these games you're watching into a payday with my bookie. Use the promo code OVERTIME and claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code OVERTIME for you to claim your bonus when you make 
your first deposit. And for the future, I highly recommend betting on whoever's playing the Jets. So that'll make you plenty of money right now at my bookie. Remember, use the promo code OVERTIME and you can claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks on your first deposit. All right, Brian, sorry to hijack the show for a second. The floor is yours, sir. One problem for the Jets is if they lose one game, they don't slip like like they don't slip one or two spots. Right? You mean they like, win one game? Sorry. <laughs> Which oh my is god. losing in this instance. Oh my god. Oh my god. Freudian slip. Wow. Okay. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> if they win one game, then they go to one and whatever, right? Which puts them among the Giants, Jacksonville, and Houston at present. Now, you know, we'll see what happens, but they would actually go all the way to the back of the pack. And the reason is because their strength of schedule is strong, right? So the way it works is if you have a, right? Yeah. So like because of strength of schedule, the tiebreaker goes based against your strength of schedule. So like, I I think I'm saying this right. Um, Although I'm kind of doing this, you know, half-assedly kind of from the hip, but like they would actually go below Houston. Like, so they would actually have the fifth, pick so that's why i'm like i'm normally not a tank tankathon kind of person but like i am full on for the tank this year because one win loss um means a bigger drop unless other teams start getting to two and three wins um it's 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 cataclysmic right because that you know right now it's you've got the jets the giants jacksonville houston houston's not taking a quarterback they've got Deshaun Watson giants. They have Daniel Jones, but, and maybe, and Gettleman is an idiot. And so like, maybe he, you know, keeps going with, with Daniel Jones, um, Jacksonville, um, Gardner Minshew has played well. He's punched above his weight. I would say, um, at the same time though, he's injured right now. And so like, I could certainly see them if, you know, if they're in the mix for, if Trevor Lawrence is on the board, and they're and and they have a pick like they're going to pick the Trevor Lawrence or maybe even a Fields, right? So, so there's a it's a slippery slope if you if you win one game here. Uh, but but yes, it, it is it is a sad situation, kind of as as you say, Josh. Travis, what what do you think about this situation? Do you feel like you're done with Darnold? You just want to move on and hit the hit the reset button on the router, or like where where are you? I've kind of flip-flopped in this in my head for the past few weeks and Keyshawn Johnson said something really really smart although this was two weeks ago you've got the first round pick you're you're gonna have even more holes now that we're trading people off you very well could have that first pick and Trevor Lawrence is a franchise guy trade out of that get more picks a ton of more good picks and fill all of those holes around Darnold get a coach that is going to be able to coach him and pull him out of this slump because, I mean, the guy is still 23. He's still younger than, than still some of the quarterbacks coming out in the draft. This guy's still got time. And a big chunk of me really, really believes in that. Um, I, I feel like we've seen a few things from him. But every week that I watch a game, I go flip past that. And I go, nope, we got we, he's, he's done. We've ruined him. We've got to get away from this. And, you know, I look at it as, you know, we've, we've invested this these years in him. Why let him go somewhere else and start to flourish? Um, if we can retain mm-hmm. him and then also, you know, probably re-sign him at a, a, a fairly low contract um, 
for a quarterback. I don't know. I'm I'm all over the place with it, but I think I think both are equally good ideas, and I think it's it's just gonna it's gonna it's gonna fall down to, to what happens at the end of the season. To be honest, like I'm I'm looking forward to like our next game and and seeing that the the most Jets thing that's ever gonna happen oh, is that yeah. we're gonna beat the Patriots. <laughs> uh, the way they looked this wouldn't, past like the past two weeks, oh, they've been so bad. They've been so bad, and like we're, we're going to beat be the Patriots, like and we're going to, and this isn't right. even going to be a conversation piece. Like we're not going to be in the in play for the number one pick anymore, right? And this is kind of a thing where, like, I'm not saying Bill Belichick would ever set up a situation where he actively lost a game, like in in this capacity, but like. The stakes are low for him this year. Cam Newton is not getting it done. He's been injured, right? It's not happening for the Patriots this year. So, and also like, they're two and five. They're they're right, very right. much <laughs> in play for a high pick. That's a great point, right? So if they want to, you know, take a route on their season, I'm just saying, Bill Belichick is the kind of person who knows how to play the margins on a situation to put himself in a situation where he might lose potentially to set him up for longer term gain and so right losing to the jets is this oh my gosh i can't believe we're saying this losing to the jets is a long-term situation that benefits him right because number one it cements himself as a higher draft pick it also actively tanks the jets because then they're out of the running for you know one of the The number one pick the number one pick and one of the most generational, uh, you know, quarterback talents that we've, that we've seen in whatever, a decade or whatever. So Holy crap. Right. Like just so like, so what we're, so the only thing we're left with is if you keep Sandarm Darnold active and you keep him um, playing football games, then like, this is kind of his chance. Like this is, this is his, you know, eight mile, like this is his one shot. Like, you know, this is your opportunity. What are you going to do with it? Right. Like <laughs> mom's spaghetti. Right. Right. Mom's spaghetti. Are you going to, are you going to like seize it? Or are you going to let it fade away? Like this is, this is it. Like he has to win games against tough competition between now and the end of the season to effectively block the jets from taking his replacement or replacements, you know, depending on where they land because their strength of schedule is not gonna like it's not gonna put them in for Trevor Fields. Like they'll be out. So 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 it's kind of this ultimate Hunger Games scenario for Sam Darnold if he keeps playing is like if he wins, like then he helps himself by not giving the Jets the opportunity to draft his you know eventual replacement and his doom. Right. So like it's kind of up to him at this point if they continue to play him. If they bench him or now, benching him sends a signal if this is a person you want to trade, like, you know, what are you going to get for him? His value will plummet even further. So this brings us back to Josh's brilliant scorching hot take that he needs to get on the horn uh, today and, and have a conversation with, with one uh, Ryan Pace of the Bears, who is, you know, one foot in the grave on his own job if he can't figure out a way to, you know, make the Bears relevant. As brutal as the next, the remainder of the season will be, gentlemen, it will also be fascinating because like there's so many dimensions that are yet to multiverse out on, on this situation with this team, whether Darnold's here, whether Lawrence is here, who, who the head coach is going to be a um, lot of, lot of interesting stuff in play. Do you have an infinity cube gauntlet? I don't know. I'm not a Marvel nerd. So like, 
what is what is the infinity gauntlet for for this team or is there an infinity gauntlet for this team <laughs> Uh, Marvel fans are screaming in their cars. Yeah, I know. It's, They're like, yeah, Ryan has no yeah, idea what I'm, he's I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap the, my head around where you're going with that comment. It's, I it's don't the, know. I don't even know what the Infinity Gauntlet is. It's like it thing. turned everyone it into dust. People. Like we're already gauntleting yeah. people. Like we are. Yeah. We are using the gauntlet right now. We are dusting like half of our <laughs> roster. The, from from the moment Brian mentioned Eight Mile, it just it just came flooding back to me that. In another multiverse, our own Brian Bassett looks exactly like Cheddar Bob. Like Whoa. if you just, oh man, if, Whoa. You, which That's also amazing. means Brian Bassett is Evan Jones, which means he's not only an Eight Mile, he's also our favorite dope slinging guy from Breaking Bad. Hell yeah, hell yeah, Brian Bassett, uh, Evan Jones, Cheddar Bob, Cheddar Cheddar <laughs> Bry, as I as I will call him. Cheddar <laughs> Bry, don't shoot yourself in the foot. I take that. I don't mind being Cheddar Bob. That's fine. MC Bob, Cheddar Bob. So, yes. So, the Infinity Gauntlet, I don't know. That's a thing. It's a Marvel vs. thing. It's a thing. I don't get it. I've seen maybe two of those movies. Maybe three. I think, oh, I saw three because I was on a plane and I saw one. Um, the Doctor one. Um, so, Doctor Strange. But, <laughs> the yes, Doctor right. one. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are children. Y'all are children. Um, the, okay, but here's the thing. Like when they have dusted the whole team and they've sent off all these players and Sam Darnold is ruined and they have the number one pick, maybe, and they get Trevor Lawrence. Like, I do know the meme. What did it cost? Was yes. it worth it? I sold my soul. Yes. <laughs> Let it come out. Let that come all the way out. Let's tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I sold my soul for what? How about a house, a car, a vacation? What, what, what did you sell your soul for? Trevor Lawrence. And that's the podcast. That's it. That's the end. That's the end. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw a dude wearing a uh, salt. Actually, it was my last table before I left and went to the hospital on Saturday night. Guy walks in. He was like, I'm sick and tired of dealing with kids. He's wearing a visor and a long sleeve salt life tavern. Yes. 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 So oh, I'm so happy. And then he, he ordered two Michelob Ultras and a shot of tequila <laughs> with no training wheels. And I was like, yep. What, what was his croaky status? Uh, he was wearing Crocs. Um, uh, he, yeah. uh, no crokies? The, the, no crokies. No, oh, come on, man. No, no. He, no he, instead of crokies, he had the sunglasses on the back of his head look. I was about oh, to that's, say. That's, were, the Oakleys, say. were the Oakleys yeah. on his forehead or on the back of his neck? Back that of was his my head. question. Okay. Back of his head. Yeah, right. If, you, if, you, if you're wearing a Salt Life shirt and you're not wearing crokies, like crokies are the, what's the cube? What's the cube called? The Infinity Cube? The Infinity yes, Gauntlet yes. in Brian's in Cheddar Bry's mind. Yes. In, <laughs> in Cheddar Bry's mind, the Infinity Cube is the uh, <laughs> crokies are the thing that hold the vineyards vines people to the salt life people. Like that is the multiverse. It's the link. Uh, the link. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Crokies. But right, if you if you maybe your crokies broke, maybe you were, you know, really jam band noodling out to some sweet yarn or dmb or you know dave i call him dave a little baby um, yeah <laughs> uh, like if you know if your croquis broke then that's fine that you've got your sunglasses on backwards that is a fully acceptable non-croquis situation oof 
I I'm going to advocate this off season or, you know, around week 12 when the jets are one in 10 or something um, that we, we introduce a segment called one of us explains a movie we've not seen and just go <laughs> off for 30 seconds on what we think it actually is. And then the other two get to laugh about it. Oh my God. It. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, we need to go. This is good. Uh, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll end here. Brothers. You're the best. Love you. Stay up, Travis, get well. See you next week.